0: Today on Barca Talk, Slavia Prague mounted a relentless pressing game and outshot Barcelona in the Champions League, but Barca's defense proved to be enough to hold Slavia to just one goal. A third-minute score from Messi and a freakish own goal in the second half put Barca at the top of the Group F table. Hello, and welcome to Barca Talk, the podcast devoted to football club Barcelona. I'm Brian Henderson, your host in Buffalo, New York. And joining me from Madrid is my Barca brother from another mother, Gabriel Quiroga. Thank you, Brian, for the nice intro. (laughs) You're welcome. You've been giving me that kind of treatment for over two years now. It's time that I finally turned it back upon you.
1: I mean, we are Barca brothers from another mother. So it is a true fact. So yes.
0: You know, when I was in, when Megan and I were in Spain, uh, I forget if it was in when we were in Barcelona or Madrid I think it was the day we did the live show in Barcelona I had stepped out of the uh, bar while we were doing it and you were still inside and you were apparently looking for me this was like Megan's favorite moment of that whole <laughs> at least that whole yeah. day apparently you turned around and you were looking for me and then you said where's my person, <laughs> <brother?">
1: <laughs> and Megan thought that was just the cutest thing she'd ever heard you say yeah and probably was. yeah. I mean, I was looking for it. We had to get on stage and tell those Arsenal fans what's up, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember the first couple of minutes where we had. To, I just felt it necessary to explain to the people in yeah. the room what was yeah. happening. We didn't want to surprise them, right, or scare them. So yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Luckily, no response.
1: <laughs> yeah, they just looked at just it. Cricket. They looked at it as a, what's a podcast? You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is a podcast, no. indeed?
0: Well, if you're listening to this. You're listening to a podcast. You're now a podcast listener. You're one of them. So deal with that. <laughs> um, I, speaking of, I have a programming update that I want to share with the listeners. We've been doing this all week, and I just w- want to you know put it out on the table what's happening. Because we're starting to put out the show more frequently now, but each episode will be more focused on one main topic, sometimes with one smaller topic, too. And we're doing this in order to make it easier for you to hear about what you're interested in without having to wait or hunt through a longer episode for the stuff that you are really into. So we're just trying to break up the content a little bit, essentially make everything more accessible for you. You can You can just click on the episodes that sound good to you. That's what's happening, and we're going to see how it goes. I think it's going to go well. I think so, too.
1: I think uh, the consumption of it is much easier. Listen to it and then be done with it as opposed to, you know, maybe skipping through 30 minutes of an episode and trying to find the topic that you're interested in. So I think it will work out, and and I, you know, you brought up the plan, and I think it's a good plan.
0: Yeah, so our main topic today, of course, is going to be breaking down the Champions League match against Slavia Prague. Um, But we do have one small topic to discuss, which is that earlier this week, a story came out that Barcelona, FC Barcelona, have paid Atletico Madrid a 15 million euro payment. And the reason behind the payment kind of depends on who you're asking about it. El Mundo, the newspaper with corroboration by AS, reported that the payment was made to get Atleti to not publish emails they claim to have that prove Barcelona signed Antoine Griezmann prior to the lowering of his release clause from two hundred million euro to one hundred twenty. After that occurrence, Atleti filed a formal complaint requesting that Griezmann's players license be revoked until they received another eighty million euro. And the sporting director of Atleti, Gil Medin, claimed he had those emails as evidence. Then Barca pay Atleti fifteen million euro because according to them, it's like a security deposit on the first right of refusal for five Atleti players. So we have some news reports saying this was like a payoff to essentially make this complaint about Griezmann go away. And of course, the club is officially saying, no, It was. it's a part of a transfer package deal. It's
1: been out in the news for at least a few days now, but we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, it's interesting because they haven't really talked about it here in Madrid. So this is the first I'm hearing about because... You know, originally, Atletico was trying to get $300 from from Barcelona with all these fines and and so forth. So this is kind of the first I'm hearing about it, and I've been kind of watching the news this past week. So um, I think also with champions, this this couple days has kind of been hidden, especially with uh, both Madrid teams playing and Barca playing as well. So it's interesting. It'll maybe come out tomorrow more because now it's going to be a slower day, and especially with no Clasico. But again, this is crazy because... You know, we talked about the tampering beforehand, you know, about trying to sign Griezmann. And, you know, why, why wouldn't just Barca just fight it, you know? And I know, you know, obviously they have evidence and, and so forth. But this is kind of just assuming your guilt, already paying the 15 million as a down payment kind of a thing.
0: Well, let's say, just for argument's sake, that this 15 million euro is some kind of like a backroom settlement payoff. True. So Atleti is not getting the eighty million that they claim they want, but they're getting fifteen, which is I guess better than nothing. You know, maybe at least nominally, sure they are giving Barca the first right of refusal, but then there's also a wink wink nudge nudge going on to say we'll drop the Griezmann thing. Let's say all of that's Mm -hmm. happening. Gross? (laughs) (laughs) Skeezy, okay. I like
1: that. I like that. Yeah. I call skeezy. I mean, the whole thing could have been avoided last season, you know, like if they just would have pressed harder to sign Griezmann and Griezmann would have signed with Barca. But again, Barcelona just had to wait to the summer to, to sign him, you know, I mean, they don't have to go through these back channels and tampering. It wasn't as though there was a high competition between him and three other teams where Barcelona wanted to get him above all, you know, so with the board again, with their negotiation tactics and so forth, I understand that they're really going after these players because they they think they're above the law, essentially. And Atletico called about on it. And I think this is just the beginning, Brian, because I think ultimately Barca is going to pay a bigger fine and more money towards Atletico.
0: Well, I guess the the main thing to look out for after this this payment situation is we got to now keep an eye on the whole complaint and what's happening with that. If it sort of evaporates, both clubs will be happy, I guess, because then that'll be one less thing to worry about. But, uh, you know, because essentially Atletico will have had to essentially call it or what is it drop the yeah. charges so to speak. And you know that so apparently they'd be happy with for some reason Barca's happy cuz now that's one less thing to worry about and uh it's all just very sorted. Yeah, above. for
1: sure, for sure.
0: But I think that would be the thing to keep an eye on is like what happens to this this formal complaint, right? Does it just sort of go away or does it continue in which case
1: then maybe Barca ends up looking more above board. For sure, for sure. That's an interesting point. I mean like you said, we'll see what happens in the in the next couple months because how much more is, is Barça gonna pay? Is it kind of just like a one time fee like you said, or is it just kind of you know, I wanna say like Mafia style where Atletico is like, you know, you gotta keep paying us another fifteen to keep this hush, you know? And like right. you said, we'll see what happens with the complaint. I think we'll find out more, especially here in Madrid, more about this situation this week, especially with no classico. They'll have more things to talk about and investigate.
0: Yeah, without a Classico happening, they can get into – they can burrow into exactly. some other dark corners For of, sure.
1: of the news For cycle. sure. Starts a new gossip, you know?
0: So that was just a little topic to, to get into, and so we'll move on to the Champions League breakdown uh, just in one moment. I do want to say thank you to uh, one of our recent Apple Podcast reviewers uh, who gave us a five-star with the headline, The Best FCB Podcast Out <laughs> There. Uh, and then it was just a one-line review says Brian and Gabriel do a wonderful job of breaking down all things happening at FC Barcelona, and that was from A Plotnikov on Apple Podcasts here in the United States. And look, you know, we don't always get reviews this good, although they are mostly about as good as that. But it's really, really encouraging to hit, read someone call us the best FCB podcast out there. That's uh, that's always the thing that that you're hoping for. So we're grateful. And everyone, please keep those reviews coming in. All right, now let's shift to talking about the Champions League. This was on Wednesday, of course, against Slavia Prague, Champions League, Group F, Match Day 3 at Eden Arena, formerly Sonobo Stadium. And we did win 2-1. to one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'll say, you know, the lineup was, I called it, I wrote the lineup on our document for the show the day before the, the match. I knew exactly the 11 that... Valverde was going to go with. He didn't disappoint. I was a I was a little unsure if he was going to go with Busquets or not because he played all ninety mm-hmm. over the weekend at Ibar. But that did not sway it did him. Not.
1: It did not at all. What did you think about? Was there anything about the lineup that you didn't like? I mean, Brian, I'm kind of I'm I don't know how to react anymore because it's you know we thought maybe we found something in Ibar with maybe the direct play with the starting eleven that started. Again, I would have gone with this starting eleven, but again, there's just something about the road that EV does not know how to prepare our team for.
0: So the the eleven, the choices you were yeah, okay, I was with? okay it with was it. more how they yeah, played? I, was,
1: I was okay with the eleven they play with, but of course, you know, my feeling with Suarez being the starter, you know, and again, mm-hmm. this is this goes to the whole season. He has scored some crucial goals, but he lacks everything else that we desperately need in these away matches, defense, passing, intensity, uh, everything else above goals, you know? And I know someone who could provide that, Brian. Definitely. Well, Griezmann, more importantly. (laughs) Right, right, right. But you you put someone else instead of Suarez, put Griezmann in the middle. For sure, yeah. Gotcha. So again, you know, I I want to start with this really quick, Brian. I mean, everyone is clamoring about do this, do that. EV, don't do this, do that. But this is the third year. This is what to be expected. The rollercoaster of emotions is going to continue. I mean, I have no faith that we're going to win the Champions League this year. I have faith that we're going to get out of this group stage. But with the performances, especially here in Prague, we're going to play tougher opponents in the next round. And we'll, we could easily lose home and away. The starting 11 was fine. But again, it's lack of energy. Remember I said last week, champions is champions is champions. Well, apparently That's right. they, they <laughs> forgot, you know. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the answer is completely. You know, I've you know i I've been advocating for the formation, but we know that's not going to change. And I don't know if we just have to provide more competition in these lineups, because like you said, you predicted the starting 11. And maybe that is a big problem. Maybe this needs to be shaken up so that, for example, PK and Suarez don't always know that they're starting. So at least they kind of come back to reality, because lately they're just penciled in. They go in, if they play, and they play above average, they're fine. But when they look bad, they look really bad.
0: Yeah, and all they have to do is not look too bad. (laughs) They can even
1: do bad. Like Suarez could have a bad game. He'll still start. And this this is super baffling to me because, again, Suarez was not playing well. And the fact that he played the full 90 is recognition of basically the favoritism that EV has for him because he just lets him play 90 when he could have just moved Griezmann over and had Dembele. And I guarantee you, Brian, from the top, the defense and the speed would have been much better.
0: Yeah, I mean, because Dembele came in, but he came in for Griezmann. And to be fair, Griezmann or Griezmann, (laughs) he, uh, he didn't make much of an impact on this particular game. But I just wonder if maybe Dembele coming in for Suarez and putting Griezmann in the center might have been better. I mean, it was only for the last 20 minutes. We did win the game, but...
1: I don't know. Would that have been a better sub? I mean, I think so. I mean, you saw right off the bat. I mean, mean, do we want to talk about Dembele right now? I mean, because – yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You want to get into that? Let's open up that Yeah, I mean, that's another box, right? Because we got the best of Dembele and the worst of Dembele, you know? Like (laughs) you saw how many times he beat that guy down the line with speed. But then what happened? He lost the ball in the box. Like not once, right. not twice, but many times. Obviously we love Dembele because of how fast and exciting he is, but also he's still really immature about reading the game. And I don't know if that's just because of the lack of minutes he's in the plane, but also, you know, the game called for him to pull it back, you know, in the box. There was a time where he could go one V one and that's fine, but when it was two V two, two V three, maybe that's a time just to pull it back, maintain possession. You know, try to work it around a little bit, because in those last 10 minutes, what did we have? Maybe one minute of possession, if that, <laughs> if Ooh. that. But, well,
0: I actually I want to table mm. the whole subject of the last 10 minutes okay. for later, because those yeah. were insane. <laughs> <laughs> Slavia were pressing, pressing us everywhere. They were pressing us in wide areas, in Barca's defending third, in the midfield. They were just stuck on Arthur and mm-hmm. De Jong and on PK and Longley and on Samedo, and on Alba, and their high line. They were holding a, a high line most of the time.
1: That actually made that pressing that much easier for them. I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think that's just because everyone has the playbook on that? And we still, you know, we talked about in the Ibar match, we made a slight adjustment where it almost led to two goals. And did we even try those plays again in this game? <laughs> well, if 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 everyone has the playbook... Not as many teams are using it as Slavia did in this one. It's coaching versus coaching. I mean, you saw in this one match, again, we continue to talk about this. In La Liga, we're fine. Everything's okay, you know, because there's so many matches. We're going to win out most of the games. But in Champions League, Brian, it's, it's coaching and tactics. And we still will not adapt tactics specifically from game to game. And in this match... We saw that their pressing was all over us on a 4-3-3. You have to be able to adapt and change. You have to because either flood the midfield with more midfielders or have Suarez come. But again, Suarez is too slow. He cannot do these things. That's where Griezmann comes in. This would have been perfect game for Griezmann and Dembele. Imagine if Dembele starts on the left. You all of a sudden break that. You have that threat. Prague can't press as much on that left side and right side. Yeah. Now, we do have to give Ter Stegen... Some props because we got
0: the <laughs> we got we got the early goal in the third minute from Messi, and we will talk about that goal. But then, as the first half unfolded and all of this pressure happened, you know, Slavia. I mean, the the overall stat is that Slavia took twenty four shots, nine on target, to Barca's thirteen with seven on target. So they outshot us in every respect. And Terstegan had three crucial saves in that first half. First in the twentieth minute. When Peter Sevchik dribbled into the box a really nice run, he sent it out wide to Borgel and then it came back into the box to an unmarked Zeleny and Terstegin saved it with his with his foot while diving in the opposite direction of the shot. It was an amazing yeah. save. And then in the 36th minute Samedo just lost Zeleny. He ran in behind PK for the through ball and then he centered it for Mazepust. and it was an easy save in the end. It wasn't a great finish, but you know, we, it was a real breakdown on our end. Good job, for Ter Stegen there, and then just the very next minute, he had to punch it over the goal line, diving for it on a shot from Olayenka. So those were three crucial moments from Ter Stegen. Again, saving our bacon when things for go wrong. Sure.
1: Again, in the media today, in the sports shows and so forth, they're just Ter Stegen's your best player again. There's something going on with Barca. I mean, that's just the plain fact. I mean, Right. You know my feeling about and I think he's amazing. He's top three goalkeeper. I'm glad we have him. He's amazing, et cetera, et cetera. That stat that you read out about the total shots is ridiculous because that just shows lazy defense and just a lack of possession and a willing to win the game on the road. And again, Valverde, after the match, after the match was interviewed, and he just said, well— That's what the game called for, where you just hold on to victory. (laughs) And again, these are the type of comments that he's portraying. Yes, we got the victory. But man, it could have been so much easier if our defense, like, for example, like we talked about PK, right? This this week, right? About maybe he should rest or not. Yank him. I mean, (laughs) these are the things, you know, like put Umtiti in there. Maybe he's hungrier at this moment. Umtiti was injured. God, man. Put me in there, you know, put Tony Bo, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, maybe Tony, but again, it's, it's, it's the lack of defense, the lack of grit that we desperately need. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're afraid to make tackles. We're too touchy on defense and that leads to many opportunities where we don't want to go to ground and we don't want to get dirty and they lead to 20 plus shots.
0: Yeah. And we're also a little afraid to take shots in the 39th minute. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Suarez found himself running on goal, but he he slowed down to wait for support, um, which I didn't totally love, but okay. De Jong arrives in the box. Suarez passes it to him. He passes it back to Suarez. Griezmann rolls up in the box, unmarked, receives the ball. He had a shot, didn't take it. Instead, he gives it to Messi, who's now arrived. And Messi did not have a shot. He worked it back around to Suarez. Suarez takes the shot, but now he gets deflected. It falls to De Jong. He finally manages to make the goalkeeper Kolar work for a change, uh, but it got saved. And there, so there were at least two good shooting chances that were just left on the table in this play. They're like the Harlem Globetrotters, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I, you've brought this up. The way you've always talked about it is, you know, we're trying to score the the world's most beautiful or most perfect yeah. goal. And I'm just, i
1: I'm, I'm just saying, just yeah, shoot yeah. it. You have you have a, you have yeah. a shot, just shoot it. Just get the it. goal. Just get the goal. Yeah. Again, it's it's one of those things where they th- you know in that moment too you know we were up one nothing we still think that oh this is a cakewalk we're going to be fine we're going to have more opportunities but again you never know how many more opportunities you're going to get throughout the game that's why you got to take these shots now the days of old where we would try to go for the jugular and keep scoring goals we just do not do that we score the one goal we hold our breath we wait we give up possession and again we dance. And we get nothing out of it. Ernesto Valverde is what would happen
0: if Pep Guardiola and Diego Simeone <laughs> had a love child. Had a manager baby. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, because he does seem to be. He he really does just want the one goal. I don't goal. know why.
1: <laughs> I, know. I mean, I mean, you know, when like for example, when I played sports and so forth, I'm always wanted to kill teams. I hate the one nothing ones. You know, yeah. I want to go, and especially if I'm on a really great team, I want to win. I remember one time Brian, in my soccer team, I won thirteen-one, and it was the best game I ever played. I had five goals; it was amazing, right? And I, I like I always remember that. It never got it old. It never <laughs> got old, right? And <laughs> I still remember. I still talked to my friend about it. We were like we were laughing about it when I was in California, and I was like, "Remember that time we won thirteen? We were the Bearcats. That was our team name. What a nightmare team! But mm-hmm. uh, we won thirteen-one on our opening game, and I had five goals, and my friend had six assists. And we were on fire, and that was so much fun, right? You're just dancing, playing, scoring, <laughs> sure. you know, humiliating your opponent. But this, you know, it's like get more goals, don't you? Doesn't everyone want to feeding frenzy? I mean,
0: and yeah. no, we're, we yeah. just
1: don't do it. It's like you want it, do you want it, do you want it, do you want it, do you want it, don't uh, uh, Understand?
0: But let's uh, let's talk about the three goals that took place. The first in the th- in the third minute from Messi, which was a brilliant little little pearl of so many of the things that make Messi great. First, he steps in to recover the ball and intercept a pass, right? And then this beautifully timed and beautifully weighted pass out to Arthur. And then his finish on the return from Arthur, first touch. So I, I think of this as three steps
1: in his golden <laughs> boots. These three things. I mean, you see this goal, you're like, we're, we're, we're rolling, You know, you know, especially just the, you know, for me, it's the the energy of, like you said, the pressing, the passing, the one time and done. You know, it's like bing, bang, bang, done, you know. Yeah. But again, after that goal, we just we just we got pina coladas and we ain't doing anything after that. You know, it's just we're just hanging back, you know. Yeah. And so
0: we mentioned all of those saves that Ter made in the first half, which were all set up by. I'm trying to play Slavia a yeah, yeah, for sure. I hope it's coming off, because I think they, they really should be proud of how they played, even though they lost the game. They created those, those three chances that were all great. But then in the second half, in the 50th minute, they finally broke through. Mazupust made this really good run in between Pique and Longley. He got a good ball in. He sort of tracked it back. He received it well. And then while Longley and Alba were doubling up on him, on Mazupust, Semedo was trotting in behind him. Just trotting, by the way. <laughs> and PK was still coming back because he had already been in a sort of forward position. And then he just, Mazepus made a final layoff for Borgel, a fullback,
1: running into the space, and he scores. The defense is atrocious on this play from front to start. You know, it's just, it's, it's awful. Like, I watched it five times. And I mean, what is Alba doing? I mean, I know it's not his fault per se, but at the same time, he just wasn't hustling back. My mom would have been upset. He wasn't hustling back on defense. You know, he was, I mean, everyone was kind of trotting back, you know? And again, as we talked about, right. everyone was, you know, for example, PK lunging, missing long I would say long was the only one and he had to cover everyone else, you know, and he moved to the other side instead of PK following the man he went after with long and that left the fullback wide open for that shot. And it was a great shot. Ter Stegen almost got to it as well. I don't know. I mean, he almost got to that. Uh, but he can only do so much. And again, I mean, right after halftime, they punched us in the face. And they were right back in the match. Also, by the way, uh, Jan
0: Bojel, you want to guess his career scoring stats? Two. Actually, better than that. But in the last 10 years, oh my gosh. in all competitions, 10 goals. <laughs> a goal a year, baby. Yeah. Yeah. He got his, well, at least he got his goal for the year this year already. But yeah, I mean, that was really, um,
1: unexpected from him to, to run in like a center forward. I mean, for me, one of the things that drives me up the wall is just the lack of fundamentals we have at times with defending. And this whole sequence shows it in everything. Communication, running back, holding your ground, not making stupid tackles, uh, reading the play, directing the guy to his bad foot, like all those things were not done on this play, and you just see a mishmash of everything. And the fullback comes streaking through the middle, which is one of the things like as a center back, you should always be covering the middle and looking up, you know, using your peripheral vision to see where ball is, your man, and see if anyone's coming through. And in that whole sequence, we lacked everything.
0: And then seven minutes later, we got the we got the winner. <laughs> So Suarez, on a free kick taken by Messi, I thought very well taken by Messi, as you'd expect. It was uh, a nasty scrum in the box. Suarez just managed to get a shot off with the ball inches away from going in a touch. And then it caught a deflection off of Slavia forward Olienka for this kind of freakish go-ahead goal. For sure.
1: For sure. I mean, it was like you said. The, the best word to describe it's scrum. You know, you know, it's almost like in hockey where you just sticks are going anywhere and the puck hits the back of the net. You're like, what? What just happened? And, and that's yeah. what it was like. And it was funny, Brian, because I was listening to this on the radio when I was coming home last night, and they're just, you know, they're obviously going crazy, like go, 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 and then all of a sudden there's like, oh wait, it's an own goal. All right, so Suarez is yeah. still droughtless on away games, and I was like, really? That's the fact you went right to, you know. So again, Suarez <laughs> is still you know, without a goal on the road, but he made all the effort to create that chance. So it's almost a halfer, you know, (laughs) it's like, yeah, you could give him a half. For sure. For sure. But again, you know, obviously to get the goal right back, especially that quick, you're, you're thinking, okay, we have a good, you know, response to what they just did. But then after that, Brian, no response, (laughs) no response, but Slavia had a response. And, so now I want to get into
0: the final 10 minutes, and, I, and I'm and i including extra okay. time, right? So maybe it was more like yeah, 15 yeah. or 20, but man, super tense. I mean, talk about a performance that Slavia should be proud of, regardless of the scoreline. Of their 24 shots, I think seven or eight, maybe even more of them were in those last 10, 15 minutes. They just kept coming at us, kept coming at us. I think we were just lucky that maybe they were tired because they had been playing at such intensity yeah. for the whole game. That They they had so many chances. They were lobbing the ball into the box. If maybe one or two players had been, I don't know, a little fresher or something, they would have connected and they would have put it in. Uh, It was luck. Meanwhile, we missed at least three good opportunities to get a two goal lead in that same period. We did have our
1: moments and we didn't convert those either. For sure. I mean, our defense was just holding on to dear life. And, you know, Brian. like I was just telling you, I've been on some good teams and I've been on some bad teams, you know? And I've been on some <laughs> bad teams where you just get worked. And it's the toughest thing because you're constantly running back and your head on a swivel and it's the worst thing. You can just not catch your breath, you know? And that was what was happening with us. And for me, the biggest thing was Rakitic and Vidal. You know, they both came in. I don't really understand these moves because, all right, so these are my two things vidal losing balls right on bad passing behind the heel flick passing type of things where all he had to do was just pull it back and continue possession and the other thing too ryan Rakitic, i mean he just looks like he's mailed it in unfortunately and i don't know if it's just because of the treatment from the board slash valverde with the whole transfer saga with neymar but man it's almost as we're playing a man down in midfield i mean he does not want to get hurt and he doesn't get in there for tackles like he used to. Remember how he used to go in there? Pretty He was like our hardest midfielder in that position. And also he yep. just he just trotting as well. So it's almost like a man down. Plus you have Suarez at top trotting. We got too many trotters in the last 15 minutes. And Praga just exploited that. Yeah, way too many <laughs> trotters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. And, you know, like putting in Dembele just wasn't no, enough. No. He had his moments. I mean, there are times where he... He would just beat this guy. Oh, my God. And it's just laughable. Right? (laughs) Like how he can just overtake someone so effortlessly. With the ball. He just turns on the afterburners and he's gone. With the ball. With With the the ball. ball. But but here's the problem Uh, the rest of Barca, they're they're not ready for that. Correct. (laughs) They can't keep
1: up with that. Correct. I mean, again, it's, it's the idea of for Dembele, if he's going in like that, I would rather him just make one move and take a shot and just be done with it. You know, because at least right. he's gonna get a shot off. We don't waste the rest of our guys rolling up for support for nothing. And I think he may have better success with that. And again, Dembele's just speed is just I'm it's just awesome. I mean, it's just pure awesomeness, you know, just the way he's able to be I remember the one where he just flicked it to himself and he just bent the poor, the poor defender is like, Oh God, what? And he just turned back. Yeah. So I have one thing for you, Brian, really quick. Messi's body language when they tied. Well, for new listeners, remember, Gabriel is a body
0: language expert. So Remember how we've
1: we've talked about the captaincy and showing some fight or some yelling or anything like this? They super zoomed him yesterday on the sports show when Praga scored. And he just did the same thing like he did in Liverpool, the same thing he did in Roma. And it's that same attitude that carries throughout the whole team where he was just sulking and he wasn't talking to anybody. Ah. You know, he was just kind of Mm -hmm. looking around and just got the ball, and but no one was saying anything. It's just kind of like one of those things. And I know that he doesn't have to be so fiery, but at the same time, maybe get in someone's face, just do that a little bit. Because again, he is the lead captain. We could have been easily talking Slava Brabha being us three one. You know, and again, the tide turned and nothing was said again on the field. I mean, no one said anything on the field. It's a test. Right, for the things that we're going to see for the rest of the season. And I'm just not impressed with what we're doing so far. You know, I'm glad we don't have the Classico this weekend because I think it would have been one of the worst Classicos we would have seen because both teams suck right now. Both teams right. have no identity. Both teams have really old veterans that are just wallowing right now. And both teams are just lackluster with their coaching and tactics. So, I'm glad it's yeah. this weekend's off kind of, you know. And the other thing, too, is, you know, going forward, I'm in awe of the vanilla-ness that we continue to show on the road with no energy and intensity after we just saw with Ibar. Maybe, again, they have to show up two days before to have the same kind of performance. But I'm kind of over-talking about Valverde's ineptitude again because, again, it's the same <laughs> thing. I mean, every everyone you, you see on social media, YouTube channels, it's the same thing. And it's just getting really old. It's the third year. I really hope it's the last year of him because... I don't like watching this style of football.
0: Well, we are we don't have to watch it this weekend because <laughs> yeah. El Clasico has been rescheduled. But we do have a, another game sooner rather than later. So uh, we'll be going up against Valladolid on Tuesday next week. So we'll we'll have an episode on Monday. We'll have a scouting report on Valladolid. And uh, so we'll only have two episodes next week. We'll uh, be able to scout Valladolid and then review them as well as... Um, scout out the following match after that which will be levante nice. on saturday november 2nd so that's what's on on our menu for next week so that's what we have to look forward All right, to sounds good barca talk is a production of sound media written by gabriel quiroga and brian henderson produced by brian henderson social media and promotion by two point go Become a patron for a better listening experience and subscribe to the newsletter at barsatalk.net. Until next time, visca barca. Sports
1: Social Podcast Network.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With Family